The Son of God goes forth to war, a kingly crown to gain. His blood-red banner streams afar, who follows in his train, who best can drink his cup of woe. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Death and Glory podcast. My name is Jordan Parks, and I am not joined by my illustrious co-host, Peter Rasmussen, this week. He is enjoying time with his family, uh, welcoming a new Death and Glory fan, baby Rasmussen, child number four. But I do have a very special treat for everyone today. Today, I would like to introduce you to a man who needs no introduction. Uh, he is a two-time world champion, Romans and Christians uh, champion, representing Cornerstone Baptist Youth Group. He is a Delta Goodrim fanboy. He's a connoisseur of mac and cheese and an Indiana Jones enthusiast. He is the beloved son of Kearney, Missouri, my best friend, Brady Hansen. Brady, welcome to the show, brother. Welcome. It's good to be here. I'm sure you weren't <laughs> expecting that introduction. No, I was uh, restless after hearing all those descriptors. That's. <laughs> I haven't listened to Delta Goodrum in a while, but now I need to go back and listen to Del- some Delta Goodrum. <laughs> you should. That's what. That's high, is that high school or are we talking middle school? I can't remember. I think high school. But okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a hot right. minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. So I'm obviously playing my hand here. Uh, Brady and I have known each other for goodness. I mean, we were seven, man. Twenty plus years. Twenty plus years, and I mean, we're we're in our early thirties, so yeah, majority of our lives. Amen. You know, I actually had something a little more ridiculous uh, planned out. You want to hear it? Sure. (laughs) Just just for kicks. So, (laughs) I was I was actually going over at this at work the other day, in the land of Carney, in the fifth year of the reign of William Clinton, King of America. Two young boys forge a friendship in the fires of their love for Legos, Mountain Dew, and Pokemon. (laughs) Yes, and dinosaurs. (laughs) And dinosaurs, amen. We still have not found that green uh, velociraptor that we lost at your house. It was so camouflaged in the grass, you literally, we couldn't find it. Tragedy, honestly. Tragedy. Well, for our audience, I will give them probably a more helpful introduction to our guest today. Uh, Brady is a pastor at Broadway Baptist Church in New Haven, Mississippi. Uh, He lives there with his wonderful wife, Lauren, and their two beautiful children. Brady's a graduate of Park University in Parkville, Missouri. He did his master's at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he is wrapping up his doctorate there as well. Brother, how's that going? It's good, um, and the town is South Haven, Mississippi. I'm sorry, South Haven. I You're good. New Haven. You're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, so about to start my dissertation, so I'm almost done with why finishing up my uh, seminars. You have to do 10 seminars, and then you start your research and writing for your dissertation, and so I'm just about beginning my dissertation, uh, so hopefully, you know, in a year or so, I can complete that and graduate, Lord willing. Uh, but yeah, it's been a journey. So excellent. Well, hopefully the next time we have you on, we'll be talking to Dr. Hansen instead of by Mr. God's Hansen. grace. That would be awesome. By God's grace, Amen. <laughs> One really quick topic, since I mentioned Indiana Jones enthusiast, we need to hear your hot takes on Indiana <laughs> Jones Five. Hmm. I know you're so uh, excited for it. Yeah, I saw the trailer, and I am excited. I am the de-aging technology of Harrison Ford, making them look like he's in his prime. <laughs> I was like, man, this is awesome. Uh, I'm excited. I'm optimistic, but there was one line. I, I can't lie. That made me just kind of like, really? Uh, but in the trailer, you know, Indiana Jones says something like, you know, I've seen a lot of things I can't explain. And what I've come to know is, you know, it's not so much what you believe, but how hard you believe it. And I'm like, um, hmm. That's completely false. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> come on, Indy. And I'm pretty sure Indy, you know, he's seen objective spiritual realities in the movies that were real, whether he believed them or not. <laughs> right. And uh, the Nazis, you know, they believe a lot of things strongly, but uh, wrongly. And I'm like, hmm. uh, pretty sure there's objective morality, uh, even in the Indiana Jones universe. Like, 
Absolutely. I don't know. So that, that line kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, some postmodern theologian put that in there. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but I am still excited for the for the movie. We'll see. Some uh, some anachronism <laughs> in there. Yeah. yeah I'm, get rid of that. I'm like pretty sure Indy would have never said that back in the oh, goodness, whatever. No. <laughs> goodness no. Not the real Indiana Jones. At least. That's true. That's true. So, uh, not quite, but hopefully almost, Dr. Hansen. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on was your thesis, actually, your dissertation. Um, would you care to kind of explain uh, what that is? It's obviously, or it's actually very helpful with our topic today. Yeah, um, do the title and then kind of just briefly summarize. So, sure. Uh, my title, working title, I should say is uh, virtual presence is actual absence examining online church in light of biblical ecclesiology and anthropology um so basically uh you have a passion for ecclesiology the study of the church and how you know god and his word says the church should be structured and should function and um especially in kind of light of you know covid the last couple of years we've seen right. more online stuff more streaming things like that um, but primarily just, you know, online church, um, which may be helpful for me to just kind of define, um, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Go ahead. Yeah. So define, so, uh, scholar Tim Hutchings, I like his definition. So he said, quote, online churches are internet based Christian communities seeking to pursue worship, discussion, friendship, teaching, support, proselytization, and other key religious goals through computer-mediated communication. Um, so we're, I kind of mentioned streaming, but I'm really not talking about streaming. I'm talking about churches that consider themselves completely online, okay. where they pretty much practice their entire religion via a computer. So, you know, I'm not talking so much about, I mean, we can talk about, you know, someone who's sick and they stay home and watch the live stream, but like 90% sure. of the time, they go to a physical church and they're covenant members and they regularly attend a body of believers. I'm not really talking so much about that. I'm talking about the people who just sit at home every single week. They never go to a church. They never gather with believers. They do everything on a chat room and watch sermons on YouTube. And they, yeah. they're they just kind of this anonymous person who does their entire Christian walk through a computer is really what I'm kind of talking about in my dissertation. And so I kind of go through and talk about all the problems with that. And there are, are many Um but we can get into some of that here in a bit. Um, but that's yeah, kind of what I want to write about. Excellent. Uh, well, before we do that, I, I kind of want to get like, what is the, it, I don't know if you've explored this in your paper at least yet. What's kind of the genesis of this? Is this something that predates COVID or did COVID just kind of help launch this thing even more mainstream? Yeah. So um, online church definitely existed before COVID. Um, so, uh, from what I've understood in my kind of preliminary research is in the early two thousands is when kind of some of these online campuses, quote unquote, kind of started coming up. Um, okay. so one of the famous examples is life church, um, yeah, which is Craig, a new one Craig, KC. Yeah. So Craig Rochelle is the, the lead pastor. If you want to so call it or the, I would say Bishop, you know, bishop. I believe they have 30 <laughs> locations including an online campus that's always, if you go to their website, um, you know, they have an online campus that's always, act, you know, at any time, any moment, you can just like click on and start watching services and you can mm -hmm. chat with an online pastor and all this kind of, so they have this online campus, you know, quote unquote. Um, and so they're one of the earlier proponents, I believe, and they supposedly say they have 80,000 members over their 30 campuses, including online campus. Um, I don't know the breakdown yet necessarily of how many of those are online versus who, you know, at Edmond, Oklahoma and all the other physical locations sure. they have. Sure. Um, but yeah, the early 2000s is kind of popping up and it even kind of coalesces with the multi-site movement. You know, if you can have a church that exists in three physical locations at the same time, well, why not be in the internet and no place? So it kind of is the same logic of multi-site. So as that kind of has gotten more popular, um, they're like, well, why don't we just add an online campus? If we have three campuses here, let's do online campus as well. And so it's the same logic. If you can have a church that doesn't have to meet in a physical location, well, then why not have internet church? Yeah. Um, but yeah, COVID definitely um, not necessarily, and I want to be careful here. You had lots of 
you know, brick and mortar churches that gather together would live stream during this, you know, obviously difficult season, challenging season of what do you do during a global pandemic kind of thing. Pastors are trying to do their best, but you had obviously overnight tons of churches start live streaming services and close their doors. And then obviously you had some, you know, start to come back and start to meet again and, and things like that. But um, primarily I'm talking in my paper about, you know, those churches that pretty much do not exist at all in a physical gathering they just claim to exist you know on the internet um and so that's primarily what i'm getting at so, so there are many churches who live stream but they still have you know gatherings they're primarily um you know physical gatherings but they may live stream a sermon or something that's right. one thing we can talk about but i'm primarily talking about like an online campus where you have an online pastor and you do your small groups via a zoom meeting or you know, it's all digital. It's all your entire church life is through a computer is primarily yeah. what I'm talking about. So, but why would online church be an issue? What are some of the ramifications of that? Yeah, let me give you um, some of my reasons. Here we go. So the first um, reason I talk about in my paper, uh, so the very Greek word ekklesia you know, that we use to, as translated as church, mm-hmm. you know, the, the history of that word, you know, in the, the Greco background, historical background, is it is a physical assembly of people gathered for a purpose. So you'd have, you know, the, the polis, the people would come together, you know, to vote on something or to discuss a matter or make judgments or something. And you'd have an assembly of people in a place for a purpose. And so that's what that ecclesia means. So it's never, the word ecclesia never referred to some, you know, non-physical gathering of, of something. It was always a physical gathering of people. Right. And so the very word itself applies gathering to what is a church. Um, and, you know, going with that, you know, the temple of God and, uh, and the scriptures and the people of God, you always see this physical gathering, whether it's in the Old Testament and they're gathered in this place where God dwells in the temple in a special way, or you see in the church, you know, in the new Testament, you have them gathering together in houses or in the temple court, you know, they're, they're gathering in a place. Um, so the very word itself lends itself to, you can't have a church. How can you have an assembly? That's not an assembly, right? I mean, that is, it doesn't even make sense. How can you, we're, we're a church that never gathers. We're a gathering that never gathers. That, that doesn't, you know, make any logical sense. The very word, Mm -hmm. um, you know, another, really important thing is, well, what does that do to the practices of the ordinances? You know, baptism and Lord's Supper. Um, both of those are extremely important. You know, a church, you can't have a church without baptism and Lord's Supper. Right. And how can you how can you be baptized if you're at home on a Zoom call? Right. I mean, how... Water is a, is a, is a physical material thing. <laughs> well, and you can't baptize one yourself, right? You have right. to be baptized... And so what do you like jump in your bathtub and like dunk yourself? I mean, there's no way that can happen. You know, it's, it's the, it's your profession of faith going public. And so like I read one paper that basically argued on online church, what, what baptism becomes is actually just access to the internet is your new baptism. Mm -hmm. If you can get online, that's basically baptism. You've you've been initiated. You, you, you've joined. If you can log on and join a chat room, that's baptism instead of, the ordinance of baptism as the Bible describes it, it becomes, do you have digital access? And if you don't, well, guess what? You can't join our church. Hmm. You have no access. And so if you're poor or if you don't have high internet, high speed internet, sorry, buddy, you can't be baptized into our church because you're, you can't join online. Um, So that's a major problem. Lord's Supper. I mean, you can't, um, you know, practice Lord's Supper alone at home. I mean, that's, that's not, you know, the one, the many become one. And the whole point of Lord's Supper is to gather together and to remember Christ's death together and remember the body, consider one another. You can't really do that if you're alone in your right. home. Um, and so it really distorts the ordinances. And I've, I've read a lot of papers and the, the, a lot of Catholic theologians. It'll be interesting. They'll use their view of, you know, the Lord's Supper transubstantiation right. to, to say, well, if Christ's presence can be kind of mediated in this mystical way, well, then you can, you know, take the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist at home mm-hmm. and it, you know, just kind of the magic of the Eucharist works and, you, you know, you're present with everyone. If Christ can be present, well, so can all of us together be present, even though we're not present. 
and it's really interesting. Um, so they distort the Lord's Supper. Um, another big thing that happens is, you know, they provide an in- inadequate anthropology uh, that functionally denies our bodily existence. Yeah. Right. We we God made us as you know ensouled bodies. We have body and soul, and a lot of technology today tries to deny that we're bodily beings, and they try to transcend that limitation. And so, right. online church is trying to deny that. Hey, you can only be in one place at one time. No matter how many Zoom calls you do, you're really not there. Right. right. Um, you and I are not really <laughs> here in a, in a very real sense. Yeah, we're yeah. communicating over this medium, but there is a very different tangible feel between you and I sitting in the same room and you and I having a conversation from what 400 miles away. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um and so that's just the reality. It's almost this kind of gnosticism where you that's know the flesh yeah, the flesh is bad, the physical world is bad and technology is trying to transcend our physical limits because it's evil, right? We should be able to do anything we want, anytime, anywhere. And this body limits me and I'm trying to transcend it. And that's what I really see a lot of this is, uh, is kind of that almost Gnostic idea that instead of accepting the body and the limitations that, you know, God is a good creator. We are the creature. There's a distinction. God is transcendent. We are not. There's a rejection of that. I want to be omnipresent. And I'm going to pretend I am over through these technological means. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how God has made us. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you hit that point because that's what I think about. Um, I, you, you, you and I have both u- utilized streaming, right? Yes. And we both agree that that is a very helpful tool for, let's say, you know, an elderly, elderly couple who are, you know, who have a very difficult time getting out, their bodies just will not allow them. What a great opportunity for them to still um, hear the word preached by their local pastor. I believe that you and I both also experienced this. You know, you and I both have young children. Families get sick all the time, especially this time of year. And what a blessing it is to hear brothers and sisters sing on the other side mm-hmm. of the monitor and yes. to hear the word preached to us, when, especially when we're feeling, you know, really cruddy. But with that, there is there is something almost otherworldly from being sitting on your living living room couch listening to your pastor, and being there singing songs, partaking of the elements, and listening to the sermon right then and there. It 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 really is, um, you know. I think we think too much of people as machines nowadays, especially mm. you know, kind of in our post industrial revolution minds but people people are people are physical beings we're we're biological and and we're spiritual at the same time we don't function we don't function the exact same way whatever element you put you put us in we will we we react in different ways in different in different settings and that's just how god has made us yeah absolutely i um you know i'd say live like live streaming for instance i think it's great if it's supplemental but it can never be substitutional, right? We Great can, point. you can add it. So it's like, yeah, if we're sick, you know, we've had young kids who are sick and, you know, Lauren had to stay home with them. They got a fever or, you know, you, you uh, had to call into work and it was an emergency or something, some medical right. personnel, you know, man, I had no work night shift. I couldn't come this week. You know, I can catch up and watch the sermon I missed. I can hear the songs that were sung, mm-hmm. you know, it's supplemental or the elderly in, you know, homebound person. It can be a great blessing to them you know, um, that's, that's great if it's kind of, you know, supplemental, but if it's like, I never gather with the saints, I never come to a physical church, whether it's a house church or, you know, a large church or medium church, whatever, I'm never gathering with the saints. Well, that internet, whatever can never substitute the gathering of the church. And so, you know, one another one of my reasons is, you know, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, I mean, clearly commands us, you know, it says, and let us Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And as you mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, singing is, is another such an important um, part of the church, you know, to sing and encourage Amen. one another with our presence, with our songs, reminding ourselves of truth and other believers of truth. And, I, you know, I can tell you, sitting on a couch as your kids kind of go crazy watching a live stream service, 
is and most of the time you know the people in the room aren't really singing you're just kind of like watching the kids and kind of half watching the tv is completely different than being surrounded by saints in the sanctuary and hearing the voices of the saints hearing the instruments seeing smelling being there physically present i mean that's a whole different all right and the verse says your, your presence is an encouragement to the saints and that means that your absence is a discouragement right all of us mm-hmm. have experienced going to church and oh man there's like no one here today at this meeting or man attendance is really low today it's discouraging sure, to the right. saints but when right. you when you see everyone there like man church was full today everybody was here today you're just everyone sung well the, the sermon was great you're encouraged by each other's presence mm-hmm. and so i think we forget that sometimes and there's a real, very real connection that your presence is an encouragement to your your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, and it uh, means something. Like I, I was thinking about this earlier, um, especially this time of year. You know, you turn on an uh, NFL football game, like over Thanksgiving or Christmas. They always show like, well, maybe not so much now, but you think, especially mid to mid into late two thousands. You know, they show soldiers over in Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever. And, you know, they get to wave to their family and everything. Merry Christmas, Mom, Dad. And that's great. That's a great treat, I'm sure, for them. But you can't tell me that those soldiers out there serving in the desert are satisfied with just that video connection between them and their family. They understand, and we understand, too, that that's fundamentally different from them going walking into their living room and giving their mom or dad or wife or kids a, a big hug. So if we can understand on le- on that level... Why do you think that so many people, especially people in the church who claim to be believers, can't understand that when it comes to this body of believers that Christ has that Christ has formed together? Like, am I making am I making myself clear with that? Absolutely. That's and that's such a good illustration of, you know, the deployed soldier who, again, that's the best that can be done in that dramatic situation. But that is no substitute for being home with your family, with your loved ones. Um, you know, I think there's there's several different reasons. You know, a lot of Christians have a poor understanding of what the church is. Mm. Um, the, you know, their ecclesiology, they don't understand the importance of things like Lord's Supper and baptism and the gathering of the saints, how you know fundamental that is to their own spiritual health. They just think, well, I just need to go to church to hear a TED Talk. And just get a couple of information. Well, I can watch a YouTube video mm-hmm. and get some information, right? I can watch a 10-minute TED Talk. I can pull up John MacArthur, listen to a great sermon. Uh, you know, maybe even a sermon I think is better than my local pastor and just kind of customize whatever I want yeah. to do and pa- pause it when I want. And oh, I don't like that song. I'm going to skip that one. And I, you know, kind of customize it to myself, which is, you know, another one of the reasons I have in this you know, paper is uh, it promotes online church, promotes shallow and consumeristic spirituality. I can join when I want to. I can pause it. I can leave. If you don't like a song and you're in church physically, guess what? You just got to submit and sing and worship the Lord. It's not about you. It's about the Lord, not about your preferences. But if you're online, I can just pause it and skip, or I'm going to listen to a different preacher. I don't like what he just said. Skip, go pull up another guy on YouTube. I mean, it's all based on the, you're you're a user instead of a participant, instead of a congregant, you're just a, a viewer, you know, online. Um, and so I think to your point, yeah, a a, a poor ecclesiology and and the average person in the pew, I think, you know, yeah, shallow spirituality, a lot of the people who are online, you know, are most likely, you know, um, you know, either, you know, very either new believers or, you know, they're not super deep in the word. I would imagine, I mean, if you read your Bible and you start reading these commands of Hebrews and, you know, you're like, oh, okay, I need to like gather with the saints, you know, I need to, to, to take this seriously. Um, so I think, you know, shallow uh, spirituality, um, or just convenience, or I mean, I, idols, there's other things that are more important. Well, I'd rather go to the lake, you know, this weekend, I yeah. can just watch the live stream. That's not a big deal. You know, you, you vote with your feet, you know, pastors often say, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, so where you show up is what's most important, right? You go to every single ball game of your kid, and you're there physically present, well, guess what? You That's important to you. If you're missing church constantly, well, you've, you've shown by your life, your absence, uh, that's not important to you. Right. And so, I mean, if they don't, they value other things, going to games or your job constantly, you know, at some point, well, is going to church more important than this particular job? Do I need to change jobs? Do I need to do mm-hmm. something 
to ensure that I can gather with the saints because that is so important to my my life. Um, and so, yeah, whether they value other idols over the Lord and they're like, well, you know, I can, you know, watch online, but that's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's, you know. So what you're saying is the proof is in the pudding, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, so oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go, I was going to say on to the, uh, to add to that is, you know, the, there's, I believe 59 commands in scripture, you know, the one and other commands, you know, love one another, forgive one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens. You know, some of those you might be able to do through maybe a group chat or a text message, right? I can pray yeah. for someone yeah. and I, I'm nowhere near them physically. They're in another country even, and I can pray for you. But is that the same thing as, you know, maybe you're sick, uh, you, you got a diagnosis, you got, you have cancer and you tell your pastor and you, you ask, he asks you to come down at the end of the service, you know, come forward and shares about how your this dear brother is, you know, just heard a diagnosis. He has cancer. I'm going to invite all the brothers and sisters who feel comfortable to come down, lay hands on this brother, pray for him, encourage him. And, you know, they're, you're surrounded by, you know, this whole church family who you know and love. They, they hug you. They surround you. They lay hands on you. They pray for you out loud. Now, you can't tell me that's the same thing. As you know, a text message, praying for your brother, boop, text message. I mean, that's great sure. that you're that someone's praying for you, you know. Yeah, but it, it's not the too. same. Yeah, I mean, that's that you can pray, but is that the same thing as being physically gathered with your brothers and sisters, being hugged, you know, looking in their eyes as they tell you the the hard week they've had, you know, crying mm -hmm. on one another, literally crying on each other's shoulders. I mean, that that just you can't do that through a computer. I mean, you just can't. Right. Um, so there's no, there's no substitute. And so I think these online churches, you know, you, it, someone may say, well, it's better than nothing. But you know, what's better than even just, you know, live streaming at home is someone physically coming, you know, if you're a, a homebound person is the pastor coming to physically visit you or yeah. church members coming to visit you and play games with you and check on you physically. I mean, would that not mean more than just, watching on live stream i mean with no physical contact i think uh, the bar is set yeah. really low in the kind of this internet culture that we're in that people when people think of friendship or comforting one another it, it is shooting a text message or sending a selfie hey good vibes your way or you know whatever silly ridiculous things you know where you know if even just even just 30 years ago like people would be like, yeah, that's great that you called me because we didn't have text messaging back then. Called me and prayed for me, but you really know people love and care about you when they put forth the effort to physically be with you in whatever circumstance. Like you said, go go in and visiting someone in a hospital. Okay, that takes time and effort for someone to do. You, you know that per you think okay that person actually cares about me. You know, or someone brings a meal to my house or, you know, we've had lots of instances in our church where, you know, someone's riddled with cancer and we all go down we lay our hands upon them. And, um, that physical presence is, um, it's, it's human. It's the way God has hardwired us to work. But I think, unfortunately, um, in kind of the digital age that we live in, we're kind, we're kind of becoming desensitized to that. And it feels almost weird when people get, you know, too close. And I think that's a, I think that's a danger. And that's where uh, this whole online community, like we're talking about kind of jumps in and kind of makes a mess of things. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's, that is how God designed us for physical touch for physical affection. I mean, we're supposed to hug one another. I mean, you see even in scripture, you know, greet one another with a holy kiss i mean there's yeah there's physical you know uh, you have people you know, running affection. for the doors with kisses <laughs> that's right you're right put a mask on get away from me Six yeah, get away, away. Um, <laughs> you know just like you know give me the heisman no, i mean that's just not how we were designed to flourish um, amen i mean it's just that's not good for for us you know but it's absolutely right we've become dysfunctional we don't know how to carry conversations in, in person anymore. We just yeah. shoot kids shoot text messages instead of having actual conversations with their 
human beings that are sitting right next to them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's dysfunctional and, you know, all the mental health issues and all of these things, I think coincide with technology and all this stuff that, well, that's not how we were meant to flourish. Um, You know, having more of a relationship with people via computer mediated, digital mediated devices than the people in our own home. uh, It's just not how God designed it to be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'll kind of want to riff on that point a little bit. I saw a, a meme the other day and for, you know, you who was working on doctorate work for me who did undergrad at Bible college, you know, memes only go so far and in detail and they lack, you know, nuance or, you know, that's a fancy word we use today. Um, But I think the sentiment really kind of gets the heart at this issue. And let, let me let me explain this out, and you'll know what I'm talking about. So the meme was it was a billboard. I'm assuming it's down south because the south where you guys are, your billboards hit a little harder. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> turn or burn signs down there. You know, repent and believe in Jesus, which I which I enjoy. Um, it was a sign. It had a little like kind of like medieval kind of style devil on it, and it said, "Go to church, or the devil will get you." And at first glance you're like, okay, that, that seems kind of silly. And it, it doesn't really give you a lot of depth as far as making a case, because you and I both know that just going to church does not make you a Christian. It does not, uh, God's love towards you. If you are one of his children is not predicated on the fact whether you go to church every single Sunday of the year, but there is a very real part in that where like you had mentioned before, people who neglect the fellowship with the saints are so much more susceptible. I mean, you mentioned the whole mental health thing, sin in general, people not, people not being able to hold you accountable for, for your sin and how you are living. You mentioned encouragement earlier. How can you be encouraged if you are not a part of a local body? Now, you had been a part of a congregation when COVID hit where you saw a lot of people leave, right? And as far as you know, never darken the door of a church again. Um, and and that, that's, a, that's a scary thing. Uh, I was actually going through this and with my cubbies in Awana this week about uh, John 1027. So it talks about, you know, my sheep, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. And they follow me. And I was trying to explain to my little three and four year old students that, hey, the Bible compares us to sheep. And we think mm-hmm. she, sheep is these, uh, you know, fluffy white animals and they're cute. And, um, and they are. But I was trying to convey to them sheep are really dumb. They are really <laughs> dumb animals and they're easily manipulated. And mm-hmm. when you get a sheep away from its shepherd in the herd, guess how great they are at defending themselves against bears and lions and other animals that would tear them to sheds. They're terrible. They're terrible. Sheep need the protection and the guidance of shepherds. And so that's why, um, that is why Jesus compares us to sheep because we are not meant to be these hyper autonomous individuals, these lone rangers, we'll just go full circle, these Indiana Jones types people who can go off on adventures on their own and they're fine, they're bulletproof. That's not what we are. We are people who need direction and we are people who need to be under the the, the loving care of of godly qualified men in church and um and even under that uh just fellowship with the saints in general, because if someone is not under that, they are so much more susceptible to leaving the faith. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, again, the the animal analogy, the sh- the sheep, the herd is is a perfect metaphor. You know, uh, the 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 lone animal on the savanna is the first one that's going to get eaten, right? Yeah. I mean, He's that you are vulnerable um, to Satan, to your own sinful flesh to your own foolishness um and i'll tell you i was uh you know pastor of a church of i think before covid we were like 220 something and then after covid it was like 100 something Hmm. i mean it was like half our congregation and i can tell you not one person 
that we, I mean, we made phone calls, we pursued, we had the deacons, you know, reaching out to people. I mean, we were, we were trying to shepherd these people, these, this, these sheep and pursuing them faithfully as best we could. Yeah. But I can tell you not one person that stayed home for like a year plus, you know, and never came back to the gathering. None of them that I could, that I knew of grew in their spiritual walk and are doing better now or, or more Christ-like or faithful. A lot of them never don't attend church anymore. Yeah. You know, they've gone AWOL, so to speak. They're, they're, you know, they're out of the loop. They're, they're disobedient to Christ's commands. They're, you know, shipwreck their faith. They're, you know, in sin. Um, so you don't grow cro- closer to God by forsaking the fellowship right. and discarding those means of grace that God has given us, not sitting under faithful preaching, not having a shepherd to t- watch over your soul, not having brothers and sisters to walk alongside of you in, in life. I mean, you go it alone, you're going on your own risk and it's not going to go well for you. Yeah. I mean, it's just not, I mean, it's, it's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and scripture assumes, and I haven't been in Greek class for a while, and Dr. Gorgitsa would probably, you know, he's probably not, wasn't real happy with me in his Greek class because I was really bad at it. But all those plural yous in the New Testament, you, 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 y'all, as you guys say in the South, y'all do this, y'all do this, y'all, it's not this, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it, it is you doing it personally, like you are responsible for your own faith, but it's you doing that in the context of the of your of the other saints of your brothers and sisters in christ absolutely i mean every one of those one another commands exactly i mean yeah so who 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 exactly is the one another well it's not my cat (laughs) every single person on planet earth i mean i i'm not going to meet you know what 99.9 percent of other humans and Mm -hmm. you know other countries I, i am not physically able right god does not expect me to you know have a covenant relationship as a church member with every single human on the planet, but I am especially bound to by covenant to my fellow church members that, that I've ga- you know gathered together and covenanted to help them in their faith. They're going to help me in my faith to hold each other accountable, right? Those are the one and others that I am bound to, um, you know, especially the household of faith. And so, yeah, there's there's a real responsibility that we have. Like that, that Christianity is communal. It's not just Lone Ranger Christianity, mm-hmm. me and my Bible, me and my YouTube app, me and my Bible app, me and my, my laptop. It's no, that you need other believers for a, a million reasons, but to make the church visible, to be a reflection to a lost world. You right. Christ says, you know, the love we have for one another is one of the greatest means of evangelism that we have mm-hmm. that reflects to the, the lost and dying world that man, they love each other. They're different. They have different socioeconomic status, a different education and a lookalike. They have different interests, different gender, different ages, different races, all these things. And they love each other. Like Christ loves the church. That's just like mind boggling. But if it's just me, myself and I, how am I supposed to demonstrate visibly Hmm. to the world that I'm a Christian? I'm just a hermit in the middle of nowhere on my device, you know, whatever I'm living in my parents' basement on my devices all my life well that's not displaying to the world the relationships the commitments the sacrifice that brother take here take my coat off my back and you take it if i have no relationships with anyone outside the you know invisibly in the world how am i displaying the glory of god to anybody uh you know the church is is god's glory made visible and it's bigger than just you it's it's us together um and so that's again one reason i'm so passionate is because online church is this aberration that's not displaying the glory of god as the true church does physically when it gathers together it says you know what god is so important that we're going to gather physically together during this day we're going to sing together and praise his name we're going to listen to his word preach we're going to encourage one another admonish one another you know that's what we're going to do because god is worthy but when you sit at home and you're online in your house are you declaring God is worthy? How exactly are you declaring his glory when you're not really visible? You're not gathering. You're not really, it's kind of this, this faux, you know, gathering that's not anywhere near the real thing. Um, and so, you you mentioned worthy, like we get up, get dressed, go to work every day because we need to make a living. 
is God worthy enough for us to get up on a Sunday, get dressed, drive to our car to church and worship with the saints? Like that's at least what that's communicates to me is that, you know, we can do it for our job to live, but you know, people who say, Oh, I love God, but they're not willing to put in the time and effort to do that. I mean, obviously uh, the circumstances we mentioned earlier are the exceptions, but, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I agree. And I think the challenge though, is someone would say to you, well, Jordan, I don't even have to go to work anymore. I work from home on my mm. computer. Yeah. And so the cultures become so digital. Well, guess what? For work, I sit at home and I work on my laptop and I'm working. Well, guess what? For entertainment, I don't have to go to the movie theater. I can literally watch any movie I want on my streaming device. Right. I don't need to even go out to eat. I can have DoorDash deliver me food to my door. So I could live my entire existence and never leave my house. I could be fed. I could be entertained. I could work from home. I mean, that's the age we live in is that, again, that Gnosticism of I don't have to put forth effort. I don't have to do anything. I can overcome all these physical limitations through technology. Mm -hmm. And so people would say, well, if I don't have to go to work physically, why don't I need to go to church physically? Well, again, because you're downplaying that your physical nature of humanity and the spiritual commands that God has given us and what happens in the gathering, right? Whether you can do your job at home online, that's fine. Some people can, that's not sinful. If that's, you know, you're working and that's how God has designed you and you can do your right. job faithfully, right. that's whatever. But when we talk about the nature of the church, we're talking about something different. This is not something you can mm -hmm. just send in an email or make a spreadsheet on Excel, sure. you know, or balance of whatever budget, whatever job you have online, you know, that, that can be done online maybe, but you cannot gather with other believers and do the commands that Christ has given us and be the church from home. You just, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Um, and so whether we can do that with our work, that's one thing, but the church is a whole different, different thing. What is the nature of the church? And so that's what the problem is. People think, well, I can work from home, so why can't I do everything else from home? I can go to school. But here we saw, oh, right, school online, parents learn mm. really quickly. This Different. is not the same thing, yeah. right? The school, Especially all their grades. Younger kids. That's right. Their, their grades were plummeting. Kids were failing. Their social skills were ab abysmal. And wait a second, physical presence matters mm. in, in learning in school yeah. and in church. And so I think we learned a real hard lesson that the kids throughout COVID, it was, you know, it was a struggle because it was not the same thing learning online than yeah. in real, in real life in person. So, uh, reason number 5,132 to homeschool your children. That's a different <laughs> topic. We won't get into that today. So kind of going down. I, it, so you just described that. I kind I want you to describe that again, but, uh, maybe in a more like, not that your way wasn't pastoral like you described now, but <laughs> think of think of like okay, I'm let's say okay, this is this is Jordan Parks as a 20 year old man, young guy, uh, not married. I don't have kids. Uh, I do sit on my computer. I'm an IT guy. Make make decent money. Um, I say I'm a believer. I know a little bit. Maybe you even see a little bit of fruit in my life. Maybe you meet me at a coffee shop one day. You strike you strike up a conversation with me. And you and you go, oh, you you say you're a believer. Oh, where do you go to church? And I I uh, I listen to so and so online. That's all I do. Or you know, I do this online thing. Um, kind of walk me through what would what would you say is more? I, I want you to kind of rehouse what you just said, but more in like a counseling kind of way for like a young guy who that that is his life. You know. Well, I mean, I I I think I talked to him about you know, brother. Um, are you reading the scriptures? Are you, you know, the church? So you're saying he doesn't go to church? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, doesn't go to church. Like, like, yeah. like I mean, yeah, start the scriptures. Like, show me why is this important? Because I don't know anything. I don't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'd take him right to Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 and say, brother, you know, church is more than just a TED talk where you're getting information, right? If, if that was all that church was, you know, just information. Well, we could just sit at home and pull up a YouTube and watch every MacArthur sermon and every, you know, whoever Steve Lawson sermon and whatever, Vody Bach and Paul Washer, you know, again, whatever, you know, toots your horn, you could just search whatever your favorite pastor, but church is more than just information being downloaded, you know, by your mind. 
it's, you know, again, it's to encourage one another in, in our presence, right? It's to be a visible display of, of God's character to the world. Um, it's for accountability, right? Can you really mm-hmm. be accountable if like no one even knows who you are? Again, that's why these, these chat room, like church things, I'm like, you can have a fake name, put up yeah. a profile pic of like uh, Mario, you know, be like, you don't even know who I am. I mean, you don't right. even know. I could be a Russian bot for all you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just could like Vladimir Putin for all you know. You know nothing about me. Yeah. Um, and so again, like the discipleship element of God wants more for us than just be saved and that's it. It's mm-hmm. he wants Amen. us to be sanctified, to grow in the maturity in Christ, to greater reflect him right, to grow in Christ, to be, present yourself mature in Christ in Colossians 1, you know, and that doesn't happen just by yourself, kind of occasionally looking at a YouTube sermon, right, yeah. someone needs to know your life and go, brother, you know, I see this about you, you know, your work ethic is not good, and, uh, you know, brother, you know, if you, do you want to get married, like, are you praying for this, how are you mm. preparing for this, yeah, you, know, you need other older men to come into your life, right, Titus 2, well, yes. that doesn't happen if you're just sitting at home watching sermons or whatever you think you're doing. I mean, even reading your Bible by yourself. Well, guess what? What happens when you have a question? You can Google stuff, but the internet is not exactly a, you know, uh, a wise place to go necessarily <laughs> for all of your Bible questions when you're a new convert hey, or an unbeliever. Amen. You want a seasoned pastor who has been in the Word for decades, who is surrounded by a plurality of other godly elders who have been in the Word for decades who've lived life, who can give you experience and wisdom. You can't just get that on a Google Yahoo search, um, you know, live life without it. I mean, again, the, the love and the encouragement, being invited in other people's homes and sharing meals together, that just doesn't happen when you're just an IT guy who sits at home and doesn't ever come to church. I mean, you're not, I mean, I remember calling people during COVID and, you know, it was like, you know, we miss you. You know, we'd love to have you come back to church. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I'm so discouraged, brother. You know, I'm like, well, why do you think you're discouraged? Because you're not here. Because you're not yeah. with the gathering of the same. I mean, you're not with it's your kind family. Of this, it's kind of the self-perpetuating problem, right? The self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy, like, I'm so lonely. I'm so miserable. I'm so discouraged. I'm so, what, an upset. Well, you, you haven't been to church in three months. Why? Yeah. Of course you're going to be upset discouraged lonely guess what if you start coming to church faithfully that doesn't mean all your problems go away that doesn't mean you don't get fired from your job doesn't mean you're never discouraged you could be in the church and be discouraged and sad but guess what i would want to be in the house of god hearing the word of god preached having brothers and sisters sing to me the words of truth you know you think that's going to be more am i going to be more encouraged there or at home alone i mean amen (laughs) i mean so that's what i would tell them i mean brother Come on to church and be known, be discipled, be shepherded, be encouraged, right? Come and do good works, have good yeah. works, you know, bless you in person, right? If you're not there, we can't bless you and do good works if we don't know who you are and you're not a member and we don't have any relationship with you. We're not going to be able to bring you meals when you're sick mm-hmm. because we don't know who you are. We're not going to yeah. be able to pray for you because we don't know who you are. Uh, I mean, so you're missing out on all these blessings of God, the love of God right? The hands and feet of Jesus to you through his body of his body of Christ, because you're yeah. not part of the body of Christ and you're off by yourself. Yeah. Uh, so you're, it's robbing, detrimental. you're robbing yourself. Yeah. You're robbing yourself of joy and, yeah. and, and good gifts that God has given us. I mean, one, I mean, obviously besides sending Jesus to die for us, like one of the greatest gifts we can have is to have, like you said, men and women pouring into us and loving us and, and being real living, I, I hate the the term living life together, but like that's what it is. Yeah. You're living life with these people who, who are your blood bought brothers and sisters who you're gonna be in eternity with, you know? Absolutely. Not just to make it, you know, about well, what can I get out of going to church? Well, guess what? You're robbing the body of the gifts. Yeah. If you're a true believer, God right. has gifted you. And so what is the church missing? Because you're not there, right? Yeah. If you're if you're, you know, so so to speak, an ear of the body, and you're not there, well, guess what? The church is not hearing as well. It's missing out a crucial body part because of your absence. 
And so again, it's not just about selfish. Well, what can the church do for me? How can this song please me? How can this sermon do exactly what I want it to be as long as I want it to be? It's what, what do you have to offer the body of Christ? How has God gifted you? How is he calling you to serve? And if we're just sitting at home doing online, we're really not serving the, the body as we are called to do in scripture. We are not being, I want to say our full potential, but in a, in a way to so, so to speak, yeah, we're, we're not doing what we could be doing. I mean, yeah, you can send mm-hmm. a text, but don't you think that person would rather had you come up and give them a hug and say, brother, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. You're, I, I mean, you know, I want to encourage you with this verse. I mean, would you rather be that, have that in person or would you rather just get a text like, Hey man, what's up? I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, that's better than nothing, but it's nowhere near what it could be if you yeah, were there. It's not in ideal. Yeah. So very good. But, yeah. Well, um, so as I mean, you look back over the last hundred years and how technology has, I mean, on the graph has just shot basically straight up. You know, who knows what technology is going to look like in the next several years? I mean, have you have you seen all the new stuff with AI that's been coming out? Um, you know, kids using AI to write research papers and to write sermons and to write music. I mean, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Who knows where it's going to go from there? Yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah, it's 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 kind of creepy in some sense. But, um, yeah. I'm thinking like. Uh, v for vendetta kind of type stuff like you know or 1984 type stuff totalitarian uh overthrow but anyway we won't go down that rabbit trail but okay so we've got online church now 2023 where do you see this going do you see this trend continuing to go is it going to morph into something different i don't know if you've looked through that in your paper or not i just want to kind of get your thoughts on that yeah i mean obviously um you know, who knows what the future holds, but as far as what I, th- I think we're going to generally see two things. I think we'll see, um, you know, the true ch- church will realize the importance of the physical gathering. We'll realize, well, we're human beings, body and soul. And no matter how crazy technology will get, you know, I don't know, you know, inception kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, dream worlds and, you know, just yeah. living in a video game world where like I, just go to REM sleep and play a video game my entire life or whatever may happen who knows i mean we've got that, vr now I mean, so yeah that kind of stuff vr technology you know the meta universe whatever i mean i don't know like implants in your eyes I, who, who knows whatever that stuff happens that becomes more immersive more detached from reality more yeah. you know all consuming like i almost kind of think you know wally you know, that Pixar movie yeah. uh, or Disney or Pixar or whatever. It's almost like, you know, that may almost. not be that, that, that uh, <laughs> inaccurate. Like, right. you know, again, obese people on these hoverboards, they don't have to walk anymore. They are constantly entertained at all times and whatever food they want at all times. I mean, that whatever that becomes in the future, you'll have churches. You know, there's a book um, called Analog Church. And I can't remember the guy's first name, but I think his last name is Kim. And he kind of talks about how we're almost going to have to be as churches in the future refuges from the digital Mm. world. Like as people realize that their bodies become broken, like, you know, as pornography, you know, becomes like, man, this isn't satisfying anymore. And the digital relationships and the online worlds and the, you know, living through video games 24 seven, you're like, this isn't even fulfilling me anymore. It's almost like as they have these broken lives and from the digital world, they're going to be looking for healing and reality and authenticity in real places that yeah. exist in the real yeah. world. And the church is the like realest place. Like brother, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You need mm-hmm. grace. I need grace. And like, you're broken. I'm broken too. And it should be the realest place like the world, right? Where truth can be said, even when it hurts in love and brother, you need the gospel. You need Jesus Christ. And so there'll be these like digital refugees, so to speak, who've been like broken in their digital idols coming to seek refuge in the physical church Hmm. and real community, not social media communities, not my Xbox online team, but a real small group that knows me and loves the real me, not my avatar, you know, hashtag gamer tag. That is not really me, but like the real me. 
you know, and so I think there'll be this kind of analog, he calls it analog church, right? Not digital church, not, but like old school yeah. analog church. Right? I can Real. feel it and touch it with my hands. Yeah, it's it's analog. Um, and so I really resonated with that book. And I do see, I think there's going to be the churches that, res- and I'm not saying again, like, is there a place to have an online web- a website for your church? Sure. That's like the front door to the church is your website, sure. you know, and sure. can we use, you know, phones to call people and encourage them? Well, sure. Yeah. But if we're using technology to replace the gathering of the church, that's when we've 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 gone off the rails. We're trying to substitute yeah. what you can't substitute, right? Um, but so yeah, we can use technology in right ways. We can have projectors and have electricity in our church. I'm not you know Amish, but when we try to use digital to, to substitute real, you know, church life, that's something when we get into problems. So I think you'll have the the remnants. That the true church, it's like, yeah, we can't become digital online churches. That, that's not yeah. what the Bible has. But then I think the other side you're going to see is churches constantly, for the sake of mission, quote unquote, pushing the boundaries, yeah. doing online campuses, you know, having church in like Sims Live or whatever it is called, you know, Second Life. You know, there's video games like Minecraft. You know, there are people build churches in Minecraft and do like services in Minecraft and say, this is my church. Huh. And you're like, really? I mean, really? Um, so you'll have that kind of stuff. You'll have whatever new technology, VR church, you'll have, you know, whatever the inception church is, or yeah, you can go to sleep for 18 years and live your second life in your dream mm. and do whatever you want and go to dream church. You know, that they'll do whatever and say, we can reach more people with the gospel. If we open up a campus and dream church and you're like, I'm all for the gospel going on YouTube, going on your video game and just, you know, pre- preaching the gospel to your friend but that isn't church that's evangelism right that's that's great preach the gospel everywhere through whatever means great but that isn't church right you you tell them to come to your real church in a physical gathering place with real people so you can evangelize through all these different mediums great facebook share a sermon awesome but that isn't church that's evangelism sure um so i'm really glad you brought that point up um what the, uh, tell tell me the name of the author again. The book that you had mentioned. Um, let me Google it real quick. It's um. I'm gonna try and put this in the show notes uh, for anyone who wants to look it up. Uh, it is. Yeah, here it is, and I think he actually has more. So it's um analog church. Why we need real people, places, and things in the digital age, and it's by J Y Kim. J.Y. Kim. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's so, a great book. So I know when I first pitched, uh, I was telling you I was going to do a podcast. We kind of went over it. So on Death and Glory here, uh, especially in our pilot episode, we mentioned a couple times since, um, kind of one of the things that is driving kind of our vision for this. I know you've read this book. I've only been through part of it because I'm I have a ton of kids and I don't have a ton of time to read. But um, Philip Reef, uh, the the philosopher that uh, his name's escaping me now, rising triumph about himself. What's his name? Carl, Carl Truman. Truman. Carl Truman interacts with in that book. Uh, Philip Reef um, talks about his uh, his book, uh, My Life and the Death Works, mm-hmm. and we've mentioned here that. Um, here I've mentioned, we live in a culture of death works. Um, sometimes death works looks grotesque and filthy and ugly. Think, think abortion. We are, we are neck deep in that as a nation and deserve judgment for it. But I think to what I think to your point about, um, the digital refugees, um, and people being, uh, just disillusioned with that, um, I think I think there I think there is a sense where young men are kind of realizing that this whole, you know, video game, these are my bros type stuff, it, it is fake. And I but I think that is a vision of death works because it is the death of humanity. It's the death of what make, what makes people real. Kind of what we've talked about in this, in this entire discussion. It's yeah. not a real thing. It is a it, it's a simulation that lets you quote unquote be who you are but that's not who you are like you mentioned before god has made us we, we are spirits we are we are embodied we have we have real bodies 
and what this digital age has, um, you know, that Satan has used is to say, okay, you can go live this life that's not really yours. And I think that's a part of the death works. And so I wanted to mention that to just kind of keep our, our, for our listeners, our vision clear. Um, You know, online church isn't, is kind of more a death adjacent topic, but it, it matters because, and I know you would say it matters as a pastor, you are in charge of people's souls, you and the other elders at Broadway Baptist Church, real souls, real people. And like we've mentioned, people who aren't going to take their salvation lightly, um, that's a scary thing. Uh, we don't want sheep running off by themselves. We want sheep sticking close to the herd, and we want sheep sticking close to the under shepherds, and obviously sticking close to you know the shepherd, the good shepherd, Christ. So that's kind of how um, this episode kind of fits in with everything. Um, we also talked about um, in our pilot episode the response that people typically have to the deathworks culture. culture. It's typically fear or it's folly. And we've seen kind of throughout the whole COVID fiasco that a lot of people left church and left, left just really society in general in fear, in fear of death. And we ought not to be like that as believers mm-hmm. because we have a, a hope, uh, because we have hope in the resurrection of Christ. Amen. So, yeah. brother, anything else you want to uh, throw out at us with your paper before we get out of here? No, I would just um, piggyback off what you said. You know, someone might say, like, you know, death works. You know, obviously abortion is literally death, like yeah. a death mill, like, obviously. But they might say, like, that's pretty dramatic, you know, Brady and Jordan, that online church is a death work. Like, how is this killing me? That, that seems a little extreme. And, well, yeah, it might not physically lead to your immediate death. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, I absolutely think this is detrimental to your spiritual health, yeah, which could lead to eternal spiritual death. I mean, you shipwrecking your faith and dying eternally in hell. Uh, that's a little bit even worse than just physical death. Yes, yeah, uh, are high. You know? I mean, so it's, in a sense, even more um because of the spirit and i do think i mean i'm not exaggerating the spiritual detriment to your soul of not of forsaking the gathering of physical believers i mean is extreme and i you know i think you had mentioned in your you know questions that you sent me you know is it fear or is it folly yeah you know i I think it's both i think online church you know during covid you know obviously everything was everyone was trying to wrestle through that um but there's definitely obviously a lot of fear in that. I think, you know, online was kind of a fear option. Well, this is safer. We have to do this for, you know, years after even when people were going back to games and school yeah. and work. Well, I can't go to church. And we're like, we what? Like you, you go to work, you go to the ball games, you go to the shopping market, but you can't come to church. This isn't making any sense. Um, so that, you know, it's fear. Or it's fucked like we were, you know, it's safe, you know, but you shallowly want to have the convenience of, you know, watching whatever you want and, you know, do online church for whatever reason. Well, that's yeah. folly. It's foolishness. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of both, but now I think it's just especially folly and it's just unwise. It's, it's dangerous. It's, it's folly. Um, but yeah. Well said. Well said, brother. Well, as we kind of wind things up here, um, I just want to remind our listeners that Death and Glory podcast is on Spotify. We are on Apple iTunes. We are also on Google. So please go check us out there. Uh, Leave good reviews. um, Give us a five-star review, and that will really help us out. Um, Death and Glory podcast exists to remind Christians to love our King die with honor and live with hope and perishable because Christ has been raised from the dead. Brother, thank you so much for coming on. I really, I loved our talk. I thought that was, that was fantastic. We'd love to have you on again sometime. Yeah. Thanks brother. Uh, love you. And thanks for having me as a guest. It was a, a privilege and an honor and a joy. It was great talking about meaningful things. Um, before we go, Give uh give our audience what's one of your favorite uh adventures of Brady and Jordan childhood memories real quick. 
Oh man. You can't pick one, pick like top three. Wow. Hmm. Favorite adventures. I would probably say um, our mission trip down to Mississippi, which I, uh, I believe is. Oh, can you hear me now? Uh, Start over again. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. I would say uh, our trip to Mississippi, our mission trip, was Classic. a blast. Classic. And just staying up half the night, you know, laughing, having a good time, and just all the shenanigans that we got into. Sorry. Oh, man, your mom waking up. Yeah, waking <laughs> us up. I don't think we went to bed for maybe 30 minutes. And your mom, oh, yeah, you have a scowl on her face. It could have, I don't know, struck fear into a Navy SEAL. <laughs> and just, Jordan, you know, but man. Was it Luke? He was like, oh, Luke, it's the dawn of the dead. It's the dawn of the dead. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Good times were had. Great. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we we maybe can do on a different podcast another day uh, more adventures of Brady and Jordan. So, brother, I'm going to let you sure, go. Sure, absolutely. Uh, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you guys later. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way where the soul of man never dies. My darkest night will turn today, the soul of man never dies. Dear friends, there'll be no sad farewell, there'll be no tear-dim nights. Where all is peace and joy and love, where the soul of man never dies. A rose is growing there for me, where the soul of man never dies. And I will spend eternity, where the soul of man never dies. Dear friends, there'll be no sad farewell, there'll be no tear-dim nights. Where all is peace and joy and love, where the soul of man never dies.